Hello, my name is Alexandra Balova. I'm Lizeta Pavlovska. And welcome to Brain Games. This is the second episode of our podcast, and today we will take a dive into how playing games can help us with cognitive development for young children, adults, special needs, and individuals with brain disorders. We will host a panel today that is presented by educational specialists who are going to provide us with their expert opinion on today's topic. For this podcast, our guests are Javier Ortin and Anastasia Martinuk. So let's start from the brief self-introduction from our guests and their background. I can start. I'm Javier and I've actually studying my master's in informatics. I come from Spain, but I have lived in Estonia for three years. I don't have a lot of experience in games. <laughs> I have never been a video gamer, but uh, but of course I live in this world, so I have played some time. I think that now it's me. So I'm Anastasia. I have finished my bachelor degree from international relationships, and now I'm on my master's degree in English, philology, and literature. I've been teacher for the last four and maybe five years. I'm like a tutor, so that I entered my second master's degree so with kind of video games really i don't prefer them because i have a little brother and he's kind of a little bit nervous after them and uh, i have two views on this a little bit maybe like a problem because from one point it's nice it's good for educational achievements and good for teaching but the other side if children play too much <laughs> with games uh, and sometimes it was bad games it can make them rude if uh, we take off their gadgets so <laughs> today i will go against myself <laughs> <laughs> from my uh, philological side uh, with all this cognition point of views and real life with all those gadgets in children's hands thank you thank you very much it will be very interesting to hear your perspectives especially now we can start from our questions and the first question will be um, addressed for everyone you will tell us more about your personal experience and talk about what was your first gaming experience uh, what did you like about the game and how do you think it has influenced the development of your cognitive skills as a child or as an adult when i was a child And I think that everybody here, when, we're, uh, when we were child, <laughs> nobody played video games. But we played other games, and these games could develop all our skills, like communicative abilities, cognitions, and etc. But with time, when everything started developing, we were like just <laughs> dropped into this world, and a little bit maybe were lost. But now, as I can see in new generation, it's used to be like they already know how to use it. Using these gadgets are already in their inner world. Uh, and from my beginning of using any kind of games, we start using them for fun, but with time, it can help us to develop some kind of skills. For example, attention. When children or when anybody play some kind of Scrabble games or maybe do some logical games, it can help us to think critically in the way of just playing something. But with time, for even adults, there is some games and even maybe you saw some kind of advertisement 
in YouTube, mental exercises. So some kind of games are starting being really useful and helpful. And uh, as a philologist, I can say that from the side of learning languages, it's really cool. And even my students say when they play some games, even Counter-Strike or Minecraft, some words, they know just because they play these games. And after we will see uh, them in some texts or in videos, they already know them, but they don't know why do they know them. So it's nice, it's cool, but it has another side. So I will give a word. So what do you think? Well, my experience with video games is like at my home, we, at the beginning, we didn't have any console or any video game. We had a computer um, and actually, now talking about this topic, I remember that my father bought for my brother and I some some game, some PC game to learn English, and we did use it actually. I cannot say I learned English from it. I for sure I learned something. I cannot like confirm or affirm that uh, that was my main source of of knowledge about English. I played video games only at my friends' houses, usually. At some point, we got at home Wii and then a PlayStation 2, but secondhand or something like that. And since when we were childs, my brother and I, we, we had never played video games on a daily basis. We actually used it maybe not more than 10 times in, in all the years that we had those consoles. So... Luckily, my parents didn't bought them. They just got it from, from someone else. So, so we didn't really waste our money. So I haven't learned from video games. I have, I have learned from this video game that I played about English, but it was really specific about it. I mean, it was with cartoons and this kind of fancy stuff, but it was dedicated to it. It was not like an adventures game or it was not, let's say, a sports game. It was specifically targeted for learning English, but definitely other games that I have played was just for fun, for having fun with friends and not learning too much. And especially since all the games were usually translated or if they were not translated, they were not really any dialogue on it. I didn't learn any foreign language with, yes, football or something like that. So, so that's my experience with video games. I want to add that when anybody plays some kind of video games or any type of a game, we can develop any of our skills, not only language skills, but also cognitions, like attention, we can uh, develop our reaction to anything. For example, well, when children play those harmful games, like war games, yeah, when they need to kill. From one point of view, it can be some kind of psycho games. But from another point of view, it's developed their personal skills. And after, it has impact in real life. For example, when they have faster reaction in anything. Okay, thank you thank very you. much. Our next question kind of connected to the first one, but uh, from your opinion, how can we separate educational games from harmful games? Are there some uh, demarcations who maybe want to start? I think educational games are just labeled as such. There is no more uh, criteria to, to discern what is educational game from what it is not. I wouldn't say that anything that is not educational game is harmful. That's, I think, a little bit too much, but, uh, but that's how the distinction is made. Yes, it's labeled as such, and people believe that it's educational. There can be ways to prove if it's educational or not by doing studies about those games and seeing if there is any improvement on, on, 
fulfill the studies. But I don't know if there is any categorization or standardization of, of what means for a game to be educational or not. That's my experience. From my point of view, we have a lot of games. For example, now in our part of the world, it's really popular and have a kind of like club of romantic a little bit. Also, some kind of game or some something like that for animal lovers. Yeah. From some videos from TikTok, I can see that it's kind of storytelling game when a person goes through some life experience of these characters from this game and learn something. Also, they uh, learn some kind of new words, maybe if they play only in English or in other like languages. Also, so these games pretty nice. They can develop our logical skills and language skills also. But if you take uh, some kind of those harmful games, as I think can be psycho, as I already said, yeah, when people need to kill somebody, to play in zombie games, Counter-Strike, right? Some kind of Warcraft. Uh, so these games where people have to be killers, they need to kill. Some people say that it helped them to uh, run out bad energy that they have just saved during the day. You know, when I can play such games, I think, or even I can watch some movies and I can feel like I'm the main character of this movie or this game, I can take some part of this character into myself and be this character in a real life. Yeah, I can feel that I'm that psycho that kills everyone. So maybe children who grow and who play these games can react in real life the same like they were reacting in games. So they can be really rude. They can say those things they not approved. And uh, even they can just kick like it was in a game. <laughs> But it's, it's not so nice in a real life. In a real life for the last 10 years, people understand that if you have some problems, you should talk. But from these games, if children learn all this and people, adult people, don't say and don't give them the right like options to do, they will do the same like in, in, they were doing in a game. So they will start fighting, they will start doing some aggressive things. And so that is what I mean, like harmful games. So these games can influence on our personality, making us rude, aggressive, and a little bit psycho. <laughs> and then we need something to recover. And also we have good games. For example, Lingo Kids. Maybe you saw some kind of uh, video ads in YouTube also. <laughs> like uh, uh, feed uh, a panda and you just take, for example, cauliflower, And uh, uh, this game, like, say that it is cauliflower and a, a child repeat. So this is kind of learning games. And also learning games for children can be good. And uh, uh, some kind of educational video that I use with children and uh, like a little bit, uh, I, uh, I work with children from three years old. <laughs> so, each uh, kind of technology can be used in a good way even movies even uh, games but it's good it needs to be controlled so we need to control what we share into our uh, audience with our children yeah with our students and with anybody we work with even when 
a, pure, a person work in some kind of charity company. They need to understand what they uh, um, use and how it needs to be used. Yeah, for example, not more than 30% during the lesson. Yeah, because, uh, for example, even kids, they are starting to be a little bit uh, under control of these movies. And for example, when Emma, when mom give uh, some movies to her child, yeah, just give a phone and do nothing, do something, and I will do my job. Yeah, so it's not good, and everything needs to be controlled. Even all those harmful games, like okay, one hour per day, just to <laughs> to, to play, yeah, and then music, meditate, and be an I normal person again that's my meaning but not from the all those society uh, like um, resources that I I've prepared but this the, everything needs to be controlled harmful games even it's so good for uh, developing communicative skills and cognitions that's all <laughs> okay yeah, that's it. Uh, actually, since we already tackled, uh, we've already tackled the mental uh, capabilities, uh, the kids' mental capabilities, and how does it reflect on their development? Mm, there is a belief that games uh, do actually develop this kind of capability, and. Uh, do you think, but do you think that there are really help, they are really helpful, these uh, type of games, or it's just a marketing trick? <laughs> I, the, the short answer, I think, is just a marketing trick. <laughs> marketing trick. That would be the short answer. But, um, but the long answer involves much more. I mean, uh, we are a body and, and, and a soul. I mean, we are not just our minds. So yes, playing video games, maybe it can help develop your mind, but, uh, but also your body, how you interact with the real world has a big impact on how you think on, on how you, on, on how your brain works. So, so that's from one hand, a big thing to, to take on account that yes, by, I don't know, by looking at the screen, you you're not gonna develop yourself as a full entire person. Uh, that's something to take into account. And um, and the other thing is like, I I don't know if there are really studies on that. Maybe maybe there are. I I'm, I'm ignorant on on that topic. But uh, but I really doubt that uh, that just by playing video games you can develop. Uh, a lot of like mental skills, let's say if that's how we want to call them. I guess you can you can develop something. I mean, by by doing something, we we develop a skills. That's a fact. But uh, I'm not everything in silence. But um, I had to silence it. Okay. But. Um, But yeah, I lost. Well, that was my thought. I got distracted. <laughs> it's 
okay. It's okay, Javier. Uh, you can actually take your time to think about this question. I oh, know, actually, I, I, I already remembered that uh, it's a matter of, uh, of a trade-off. Like, uh, what could you do instead of playing video games? Or, or what's the purpose of playing video games? If it's just entertaining or like resting, it's actually it can be a good tool that by resting, you can also learn something but also by reading you can rest and, and read which is a very good mental activity maybe it's it takes a bit more effort than just looking at the screen but uh, but it's also a very good mental activity or yes i don't know for rest you can take a walk you can listen to music there are many things that you can do it's a matter of choice a matter of yeah what do you spend your time in so so is that trade-off and we should compare it on like what i'm it's it's like in economy. I mean, you are always when you or it's like life. When you take a choice, you are following a path, and uh, and you are deciding that I'm going this way. That means I'm not going the other way. So when I'm playing, I'm deciding that I'm not doing a lot of other different things that I could be doing. So so let's say I'm deciding that this playing game is gonna give me more than these other many things that I have as possibilities. Okay. Uh, so my personal opinion is like uh, to take a video game for resting or for entertainment can be a good option as long as it's a limited time. Like, I mean, when I'm working eight hours a day, I mean, in, and I take a break in, in the middle of the work, I, I don't play. I go take a coffee, I talk with someone because, because when you're an adult, you cannot do, just go and play a game in the middle of work. But, but from the other hand, I don't think that helps. So. That's what I think. Thank you very much. You know, I really agree that uh, playing games can be just uh, some way of relaxing. For example, I don't play games. I don't like to do all these. these. I prefer watching movies, watching cartoons, especially cartoons. Now I'm watching Wings in English. <laughs> And this uh, helped me to relax and do some other uh, stuff during this and listening to all those uh, kind uh, music. So, um, and it's all predictable. So that's, I can be just relax and do anything I want. So um, this kind of games, uh, as, as we already uh, talk, uh, were talking about, uh, also can help us, but as we have already said, it's just a little bit helpful for developing anything. But I can say that some years ago, uh, for the for the year, it was an experiment. Uh, like, uh, a lot of uh, professors took their like participants of an experiment and uh, um, like uh, dropped them into some groups. And in these groups, uh, they were playing, like one group were playing some kind of arcades. Another group were playing all these. <laughs> and uh, some other, they were playing, maybe learning some games. Okay. So maybe storytelling. And uh, for, for the first week, they just played one hour per day and and uh, with time they need to play it so they had some kind of experience of playing these games for 50 hours 
And at the result of the of experiment uh, in a group who played all those counter strikes, uh, the results of being uh, able to show their cognitions were uh, of three parts more than of those people who played uh, some arcades. So the reactions, the uh, some kind of cognition abilities were better than before. So they, they some kind of developed. Uh, but of course, all these may be just because of reaction, because of uh, clicking on the same uh, like buttons, I can say. Um, so maybe something in this research is uh, wasn't really in nice kind of proved, but this, uh, the situation is uh, some kind of this. So people who played some um, harmful games, which harmful for me, are developing our reaction and etc. Also, it can uh, develop our communication abilities. Uh, for example, when we speak with our partners, with our like team who we play with, we develop something. Also, I saw that uh, some gamers like writing something into chats. For example, my brother plays in the game Among Us, which is some kind of mafia. <laughs> old mafia. I think old mafia is pretty much bad because we can see each other. It's basically even... the same. Yes, it's the same, but it's uh, um, just online game. Yeah, it's just idea the same, but game just into online. So, and um, all this can uh, influence, yeah, on, on our little bit abilities. But if we take uh, kids games, because the question was about kids, um, I can say that only under control of, uh, of an adult, a kid can develop anything. Uh, also with um, some kind of uh, learning videos or learning games, we have uh, to use it only if we don't know how to do it without games. Because we have a lot of really cool programs of how to uh, maintain nice uh, program and to like to teach our children in a really interesting and uh, useful way for example some kind of montessori yeah so this is the program of how to do everything with a, with a child also nowadays there are a lots of brilliant uh, stuff that we can use for uh, uh, playing games with children, many interesting stuff for little children. So we don't need uh, all those videos or games because just because we don't have imagination. <laughs> so I prefer to work with all those cards, all those interesting uh, like shape games, yeah, like uh, star to star, <laughs> round to round. So it's better for children especially they can touch it. They can even link it. <laughs> they like to touch the world. So especially when we talk about kids, yeah? Kids have to feel this world. 
So it's really, really important to give them all those opportunity. If we talk about banana, so give this banana to a, a child, uh, give it a, a, a kind of, let's taste it together. Let's, let's explore this banana, not just see a, a, a cartoon and that's all. No, it's not in, enough for children. But if we talk about uh, adults or even teenagers, oh, this is the most uh, <laughs> hard age. Okay, especially now during the coronavirus time, it's really, really hard to uh, work in those um, like way that we have used to work before. So even I have a student who is five years old and uh, sometimes we work together in offline, but uh, for the last some year, weeks we are online, but she's already, uh, a, a young girl who understands what she needs to do. So she knows what is banana and what is like, what is like a taste. And uh, her mom helped me to like, to prove her something. For example, that banana is yellow and tastes like, like banana, not like mango. <laughs> okay, so, so we can say that. If we talk about kids, Turn on your imagination and do anything to give a child an opportunity to work with you in a real world. If we talk about adults and even teenagers, okay, you can create something to maintain their life in online. But, you know, maybe because of Corona, it's really hard to work offline. So we need just to work this way. But I really miss my classes, real classes. Uh, but it's not the same. Do you think maybe um, some specific types of video games, like your talent, like this lingua... Lingua kids. Yeah, lingua kids or something like that should be incorporated in the curriculum for primary schools or, I don't know, kindergartens. Um, so in the school program, so everyone, um, everyone works with it, and I don't think that everybody works with it. I know that some online schools work with some kind of such games, and also there are online workbooks uh, already like exist, and I'm going to work with all these online opportunities this summer. I will finish my fifth year and I will be working on it to create my classes a little bit funnier. So there are a lot of abilities for uh, online education and we need to like upload all this to our minds. For example, in Ukraine, where I am, where I am uh, with educational system, you know, it's not so good. And even, for example, now what uh, what uh, what they do, what teachers do in a primary school. I have some students from primary school, so I can say they use Skype and just demonstration. And uh, for the for most of the time, children just turn on, show themselves, then turn off everything and go to sleep. <laughs> or, for example, I have a student with dyslexia and a big laziness, and. This child just never understand what people want from him, really. And 
if he wanna something, if he wanna be heard, no one, no one heard him. Just even he's not existing anymore. So, and all those uh, like wishes to be heard, to be the perfect one, just disappearing, and he say, oh no, it's not for me. That's all. So, if uh, education wanna be cool, yeah, if all those people wanna be nice and they wanna their children to be uh, successful in learning language, in learning anything, especially during online education system. Of course, uh, teachers must provide uh, some kind of homework connected with online tests, online, maybe interesting online tests. For example, I send a lot of interesting links to videos or to games to my, uh, to my students' parents so they can play together, they can watch videos and then to do some kind of uh, interesting games. Uh, so it's really important when a teacher provides something for the students, because if teacher don't do that, who did? <laughs> Nobody, as, as, we have, as, as we have all this year. So just Zoom and demonstration, no. It can't be work for little children anymore like that. And it's a big problem. But in uh, private uh, kindergarten, the situation is pretty much better because uh, teachers get better salary and they can do anything to create something nice and to lead the lessons interest in in, in an interesting way, when the children just will come in really, really impressed and wanna do all that homework. So this is what we need to do. We need to impress our children so that our students will be interested in doing homework, especially if this homework is like online homework. It's cool and they'd like to do sign form so we need to provide it to them and we need their parents also be useful and helpful in all this. That's all. Thank you, Anastasia. Thank you. <laughs> Javier, do you have anything to comment? I, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> the question was that, um, do you think that, uh, is it good uh, if uh, such educational games will be implemented in schools? Maybe from your personal experience, maybe do you know if they are, are already, for example, in Spain, are they already implemented? And uh, do you think it's good or bad? Um, well, I don't know if I can think if it's good or bad. I haven't really seen it in, in practice, uh, personally, let's say. But uh, I do think that it cannot be like the main source of learning. It can be some complementary thing if it really works. So I know, for instance, that in the school where I used to, where I used to study, they have a lot of digital resources, but I don't know if they have games in in inside the program of what they are teaching in the different courses. I know that they use tablets for 
mostly everything, but I know that uh, they also use notebooks, like paper notebooks. So they actually make the kids write things, do the activities on the notebooks, and that's a very important thing. So the main source, well, maybe they have the textbooks in the in the iPads or in the tablets, whatever. I, I don't really know how it works. I know that they use them, but, uh, but yeah, maybe some some games that are specially developed for it. They and they are proved to work. Yes, maybe why not? But but I don't think that that is a duty of the state to decide like this has to be part of the program or not. I think that's more responsibility of each school to discern that uh, if that is a good thing to use or not. Um, but the same way that the actual, actually the state cannot impose to every school like these are the resources you have to use. Uh, the, the state gives us some guidelines of what are the outcomes expected. And then the schools manage to offer uh, a way to help the parents to get their children educated and get those outcomes. But the outcomes are actually, well, there are guidelines of what has to be the outcome of what the children need to learn. But uh, but it's important to keep in mind that if the game is implemented in a study program, is to help that study program, is to help the studying. And if at some point the teacher or the direction board of the school realizes that that game is causing more problems than solving them or than helping to learn, then there is no point of having, of having such a game. So I think it's important to have that flexibility. Um, maybe there can be the problem that some of those games are, well, probably those games are developed some by, by some big tech company and they have their interest to, to sell those things. So schools might, must be careful not to get too tied to, to a certain product. Because if let's say a school bites that we have this amount of games licensed to use with our students and for 10 years well that's a big mistake because if after one year or after two years you discover that that is not helping anymore then well you have just wasted money and maybe because you don't want to waste money you get you try to keep using that game and not really helping the students so so it's something to take care that's my opinion yeah thank you very much uh I just wanted to get back to Anastasia's speech because uh, you mentioned uh, dyslexia. So this is uh, one of the types of uh, learning disorders, right? And so basically we have a question about this and about uh, different other types of traumas uh, and uh, uh, dementia or people with injuries. Uh, so, uh, do you think that memory games uh, and hand-eye uh, coordination games help in therapy for brain traumas, uh, learning disorders, uh, for those kids uh, or students who have these kind of injuries? Uh, so what do you think about this? And if not, uh, so then explain why do you think this is absolutely useless okay so i have a as i said i have a student with dyslexia and uh, i have two students their brothers <laughs> it's a teenager and a kid uh, but dyslexia is not some kind of mental 
mental problems. It's just when your letters like jump in and you can catch them. And uh, with this, I just help uh, my students to read it, just say how it needs to be and that's all. But uh, if you talk about some kind of psycho problems, some kind of uh, all this, uh, I think even if we talk about children, yeah, as I work with children, mostly I also have adults with students, but mostly with children, I can understand them. And uh, most of time, um, when they see something that can harm them, they are becoming afraid of it. And uh, when uh, a person wanted this uh, child to believe him, uh, to start communication, they start to be some kind of a game player. For example, when I have my first lesson with anybody, I try to get, my, get some contact and use some games like with cards. Also memory flashcards is really, really helpful. A tool for learning any language or even uh, to learn some anything in your life. For example, to learn uh, like uh, mentions of the world words, like when we have some, okay, I forgot, like when we have a world word and we want to explain this word in other words. I forgot the name of this. Um, Definitions, definitions. So we, uh, we, for example, can play with these memory cards with definitions. And also it's helpful not only for kids, it's also nice for <laughs> adult people and I use it. It's pretty much better than just translation. But if you talk about people with some mental problems, and especially with kids, we should be really careful with them. We need to be soft, understandable, we need to be friends with them. So sometimes we can play some games, we can help them. And um, our brain, it's like the most uh, brilliant machine that ever existed in our planet. Maybe just dolphins are better than us. Okay, <laughs> so uh, our mind can do anything. Uh, our mind even can block our memories if we are injured in something. And also after this, with some period of time, our mind can just blow off all those memories and we can memorize everything. So this stuff is unpredictable and, uh, um, and maybe can be a little bit programized by games especially with children or with people, for example, with dementia. Uh, so as I know about this illness uh, or a little bit like this illness, it's really, it's really, it's have to be under control and we need to be really careful with all what we do with people. And also, for example, altruism, right? It's also really, really um, like, interesting uh, disease and uh, we need to be really careful uh, but if and we need to talk with even adult people like with children 
that way that they will not understand that we are talking with them like with children. Uh, so all these illnesses um, are uh, exploring and exploring every day, every day and every time. And uh, psychologists do everything to help these people live all their happy ever after. And uh, if games will help, if psychologists say that, yes, it can help, yeah? If some gymnastics, like some gymnastics games can help, that means that it will help. And also it must be under control of the government of any country. Yeah, it can be proved, it needs to be proved because all these people, uh, they are exhausted of all this uh, shit that happened to them. So we need to help them, not to harm them. So that everything we do with, with them should be under control and tested before use, usage. So that anything we do, just for good. That's my opinion. Well, um, I think it's important to make the distinction of what is a game and what is using technology. Because I, I think I see quite often people saying, we need to gamify this. We need to use games in the aulas and in the classrooms. And, and it happens also with diseases like dementia or like dyslexia or all this kind of stuff that uh, we confuse or we don't make a distinction of what is using a technology or a technological tool in order to help these people and what is a game. Because many times when we talk about a game with a disease, we're actually talking just about a software that is helping develop a skill. And uh, I mean, I study informatics and I see quite often the topic of research of, of many professors is related to, to diseases. It's, it's a very, it, it makes sense because people want to help, people want to solve problems and we are human. So the main problems is the diseases that we have. So, so they build tools to help solve those things. And, uh, and those are not games, they are tools. And they are not meant to entertain and to gamify the process of, of improving some problem. Okay. So, so I think that's an important distinction to make. Another thing that scared me a bit is when Anastasia, you mentioned the, the thing of uh, programming or programize the, the brain, because it actually, as, as mentioned before, uh, games have an impact on every kid's mind or actually on every person's mind. Maybe adults have just a bigger seal to protect themselves to, for, from being like changed, but, uh, but we still get affected. So that, that also means that can be wrongly used. And, and we have to be aware that sometimes the companies selling those products, their interest might not be in line with our interests. That if we are talking about the education, then the, the interest is the good education of the person that's been teach, that's been taught. So so yeah, I think those those are the the parameters to take on account when when talking about using games in, in helping other people. Yeah. 
because yeah, as already said, I repeat last time, many times we are not using games, we are using technological tools. So, so yeah. No, I want to add, um, but it's not about kids, it's about animals. Maybe you have heard about this, like people uh, help dogs to study words. They use some buttons, uh, which, which sounds and which sound some words, for example, when I, and with time, a dog can know a lot of words, but uh, for example, he wanna go for a walk, uh, this dog just put that button that's answer go for a walk and it works and um, this proof that uh, even dogs yeah can uh, like with uh, with the help of games yeah because they study all this during the game period they play with their owners and with time they can use it for communication, for talking with their like people. <laughs> and I can say that maybe this uh, experiment, which is not uh, really experiment, it's now it's life because uh, with time more and more people and their pets uh, use this technology, some kind of technology to communicate with each other. And it can show us that our brain uh, can grow, can develop, and can memorize everything with games better than without. So as you said, a game can be a tool. And also maybe sometimes just uh, some memory cards. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a tool for education, but it's based on a game, a game method. Yeah, so uh, during, for example, working with children, uh, for sure, let's say that children are not interested in studying. They don't like it. They don't want to do it. They want to just uh, go around the bush uh, talking about nothing and eat uh, a lot of sweets. That's children. <laughs> uh, and uh, to make them think that, oh, look, this is interesting. It can be uh, nice, it can be helpful for you, yeah? Uh, we use games for to collaborate with children to create some kind of wow for them and to lead them into education. After we are becoming adults or young adults, for example, I went to my master's degree not because I wanna play games. No, I just wanted to have my knowledges. But before, when I was a child, I didn't want to do anything. Even uh, my first step in learning language, there were hundreds of words and after I get my tablet. And I get my tablet to, uh, for reading books. <laughs> uh, so uh, I can say that children from the beginning of their lives, they don't want anything, even, especially when they have everything, yeah? Now, almost each person uh, almost each uh, kid have even in Ukraine I saw that many children have iPhones and I was shocked not like uh, Nokia's yeah but good phones and even they have this they want to have laptop they want to have skateboard they want to have flying machine 
but uh, they don't want to do nothing. So they, have, uh, they need to have some stimulus or they need to be interested in something. And if they have stimulus, they are interested. But, uh, and to uh, make them be aware of all educational something, even it's mathematics, even it's physics or chemistry, uh, teachers should provide some interest so that we use games or some game methods. Yeah, like a scientist that, uh, did it for <laughs> dogs. So this is like my little addition. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. So this is the end of our podcast, of our episode. Uh, it was really interesting to hear your personal opinion from your professional practice as teachers. So thank you very much. 